I've been in this ponytail since Friday. So. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I haven't to... done my hair, but you know, it's just today or my makeup. It I I'm excited to take it out to see what type of knots I'm going to have to like Oh, just go straight to a shower. I just feel like, like it makes it worse if you don't lube it up. Eh, that's true. conditioner. Put a little conditioner. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I've always why, like why haven't you why haven't you dug in your hair out? I didn't. You've been to. chilling all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good weekend. That's cool. It was pretty dope. I've been like home alone all weekend actually. What? Because, Where's Alice? And Rick. Um I know where your mom they, is. They're over at Rick's grandparents' house, like doing work around the house. Oh. Yeah. How nice for you. Yeah. So like <laughs> last night they didn't get home till like after ten o'clock. I just like had a great chill evening and yeah, they've been quiet. going all day today. So it's nice. Yeah. It's nice having I a little bit of so. quietness. Yeah. I've oh, getting I can't stuff wait. done and we just put a TV in the girls' room. They've never had a TV in their room before, so they're so excited. Yeah, they are, and it's it's it's. I mean, it's a big one to go in a kid's room because it was an extra yeah. TV that we had. But it's like now we can watch something adult out in the living room if we want. We don't have to worry about the kids bugging us. Yeah, it was it the one that was in your basement. It was the one that was in our bedroom. It was oh, about the, it's it's the same size. Oh, okay. It's just older and doesn't work very well. We have to get like a Roku for it because it's very outdated. Oh, is it a smart TV? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it's, but like, it's like an old, old smart TV. Yeah, it won't yeah. update anymore. I think like the only app that works in it is Netflix, which it works. That's yeah. all they need. Dude. This is my bourbon. That's what you wanted. However, this... So... Let me give my honest review about Brothers Bond bourbon. Okay. For those of you that do not know, and I think I've said it before, I am a pretty big um, Vampire Diaries fan. Actually, whenever we go pick up my car in Atlanta, I asked Josh if we could go see where it was filmed because it's like, it's not that far. It's only like 30 minutes from it. And you can go like, you can go to um, the mystic grill and go order stuff. You can go see their houses and sometimes their cars are parked out there. It's super cool. Anyway. Um, but anyway, if you don't know Vampire Diaries, the brothers in it, they got together. They were close, obviously, because they did a show for like eight seasons and they made a bourbon because in the show they like religiously drink bourbon. And so uh, they made a bourbon quick. called Brothers Bond. Are they real brothers in real life? No. No, oh, okay. but like because the, sh the show made them like brothers. really close. Yeah. yeah. So they made a bourbon together called Brothers Bond Bourbon. But the bottom grade, I know there's another one that's a tier up. And it's like better distilled. I haven't gotten it yet. And I haven't found it here yet because the only place I've looked is like Walmart. Um, but this one is, is eh. It's okay. It's not it's my not... favorite bourbon. Okay. But I got it because of the aesthetic or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. So I'm going to make myself a, a bourbon and Dr. Pepper. It's not my favorite for old fashions. Here we What's go. an old fashioned? Is it just 
bourbon. water, bourbon, bourbon, um, ice and bitters and an oh. orange peel. Oh, it's gotcha. very good. Especially well, if you I'm make it right. So Josh makes them really good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. He's a little cocktail waitress. He is. He was very much known for that. He's always been known for that. But yeah. Um, Rick, Rick found this thing that he wanted to try, which was so out of pocket. And I was like, oh, okay, we can try that. Um, he, What it was is you get any, any type of red wine um, and you mix it with Dr. Pepper. Or not Dr. Pepper. You mix it with Mountain Dew. Oh, I've seen that. The Hooters sangria? Yeah. It's actually not bad. Did you try it? Yeah, I tried it. <gasps> oh, I saw that like the other day. I had a sip. I like, I, you know, I took a couple sips of it and I was like, that's not bad. Um, still wouldn't want to electively drink it. But, <laughs> right? Think of how many calories that is. You have Mountain Dew, which is like sugar galore. And then you have red wine, which is like the most bold and sugarless or sugarful wine out there. <laughs> oh, man. But it was, it was, I want to try it. You should try it. You, I mean, it made me think of you guys because you like sangria and Josh loves Mountain Dew. I know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that like a month ago. And then I also saw like milk and red wine and that sounds terrible, but apparently it's good. But the one guy that I watch, he went and tried it and he said it is awful and it comes out like chunky. Ew. Yeah. 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 That's disgusting. No, thanks. Okay. Yeah, so do you have, okay. I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. What would be your death row meal? And I'm sorry if I've already asked this. I can't remember if I did or not. That's okay. I already know my answer. Blueberry pancakes. Okay. My grandma's blueberry pancakes with peanut butter on them. Oh. Wow. And maybe some eggs and some bacon. So breakfast. Yeah. But those Bre blueberry pancakes. Come Love here. breakfast for dinner. But yeah, fresh blueberry pancakes. And maybe, oh, if I could have dessert, like dessert with breakfast, because that's already super, like, desserty, I would have my great-grandma's blueberry pie mm. with vanilla ice cream with and, a bourbon, ice cream. and a bourbon and Coke. Teddy, come here. Not a bourbon and diet Dr. Pepper, because if I'm going to die, I might as well, you know, go all the way. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, is it Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah. Theodore? Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> it's the little puffball. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little ASMR for you. Keeps pushing the mic away. Was that good? Oh, you're welcome. Oh, he gave you kisses. He's so cute and fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Oh. Um, so, can you say what your drink was again? Uh, a bourbon and coke. 
a bourbon and coke with like a top shelf bourbon, a wood a woodford uh a woodford reserve woodford reserve bourbon okay. sorry brothers bond <clears throat> what would be yours a steak and potatoes with a side salad Rib a eye. salad i guess salads are good like if you enjoy a salad that's fair but like <laughs> it, ha- it would have to yeah you're right um <laughs> as, but like uh, i'd be getting all the sides <laughs> texas roadhouse rolls <laughs> the, the side yeah okay so let me it would be a ribeye steak cooked with a marinade i would have it cowboy style with the bourbon and brown sugar marinade and it's so good that sounds so good uh and then it would be uh a potato um with a side salad the way i make my salads okay and garlic bread okay that's good that sounds good yeah. Oh man, that sounds. Oh man. So I can think of so many things, but that's always my answer. Is that it just makes me feel, it makes me feel at home. I don't know. Like, I love my grandma's pancakes. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that. weird. My computer just went to dark mode because it's apparently time for it to go dark mode. Oh. I've never actually watched it go to dark mode. It's really weird. <laughs> All right. Do you have any announcements this week or anything you want to say? Not that I know of. Do you? Okay. I don't think so. Oh, sorry, guys. This is not going to be a hometown horrors. So, um, next week. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Unless Amy has a part two. All right. No, so, I do not. <laughs> so, uh, moving into a new home, we had to pick a new Wi-Fi, and and I actually got to like pick the name and like the title of our Wi-Fi and our pat. Like, I never, I've never got to do that before. And so yeah. we like thought really hard about what we were going to pick. We ended up kind of picking something kind of dumb, but kind of kind of clever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if I told you, but it's it's called that that's hot spot. But <laughs> if you read it, there's no spaces, so it's either that's hot spot or that spot hot or that that's pot hot. I can't remember. It's just so many different. <laughs> <laughs> We just want to see what people will ask which one pops up. <laughs> no, it's that hilarious. it's that hot that's hot spot. That's hot um, spot. So clever. I was like, ooh, clever Wi-Fi names. I'm gonna look up uh neighborhood Wi-Fi names that are common for my neighborhood story. Oh yeah. So this one is titled Wi-Fi Names to Freak Out Your Neighbors, and there's 20 of them. So hopefully I'll get through all of them. Okay. Okay. Um, Number one is extremely slow Wi-Fi you don't want to use. Number two, I heard the neighbor's Wi-Fi is better. Number three, (laughs) I'm under your bed. Number four, (laughs) I did your Wi-Fi last night. Number five, (laughs) our internet is faster than yours. Number six, (laughs) I'm not a witch. Your Wi-Fi. I'm your Wi-Fi. I'm not a witch. I'm your Wi-Fi. I don't understand that one. Um, Number seven. My neighbors suck. Number eight, hey, get your own Wi-Fi. Number nine, credit card hacker. Number 10, click here for viruses. Number 11, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's Wi-Fi. Number 12, <laughs> go home, tourists. Number 13, not the Wi-Fi you're looking for. Number 14, <laughs> gone fishing. Number 15, your curtains. I don't understand that one either. Number 16, bite me. 
Number 17, you won't get hacked here. Number 18, we've got the goods. Number 19, Bob's unsecure house of Wi-Fi. And number 20, NSFW, not safe for work. Oh, not safe for work. (laughs) Those are funny. I love those. I like the I did your Wi-Fi last night. Yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) Clever. Okay. Are you ready for my story? Yes, I'm excited for your story. Okay. So I, this one was like hard to find, but I was like, I want to do something like that's older than 20 years because I haven't done anything old in a while. Those are tough. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about William Palmer. Um, and I'm just going to come out right out the gate and tell you that he was convicted of one murder, but he was also expected, it was expected that, or suspected that he poisoned up to 15 people, including his wife and children. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, William We're off Pal- to a Palmer. very positive outlook huh? on this story. I said, we're off to a positive outlook on this one. I'm sorry about it. (laughs) So, William Palmer was born in Rugley, in the country of Staffordshire, which is, like, over in England. England? Yeah. Um, On August 6th, 1864. Or, sorry, on August 6th, 1824. Oh, my gosh. Okay. His parents were Sarah and Joseph. William was one of eight children. He was the sixth in line. So Joseph Palmer, once his dad, once worked as a sawyer. And I was like, what the heck is a sawyer? And it's a person that saws timber. Oh, okay. Um, So also a lumberjack. Okay. Yep. But he was eventually able to accumulate a fortune uh, reportedly from stolen timber. So he would steal the timber, cut it up, and sell it his, like himself. Okay. So, like a launderer. No, he's not. That's not like a launderer. He was a thief. No, he was. He, he stole the timber and then he would cut it up and sell it. And sell it. Okay. It's uh, pretty genius. Yeah. So like working at McDonald's and that way. making Big um, Macs and then going and selling them on the side. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So Joseph, his dad died in 1837 when William was around the 12 years old. He left his family 75,000 pounds in 1837, which is... $3,052,043. Oh, my. Like today? In today's or, money. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Dang. So, because I converted it from pounds to money to dollars. Do you know what it was then to dollars? I don't remember. That's okay. Because, and then I did the inflation. Dang. Thing. That's a lot. Yeah, so over $3 million in today's money. Um, so 7,000 pounds were given to each of his sons, and the rest went to his wife. 
at the at the age of 17, Williams started working as a chemist apprentice in Liverpool, but he was dismissed after just three months because he was accused of stealing money. He went on to study medicine in London, and in August of 1846, he qualified as a physician and returned to Stanfordshire. He started training as a surgeon's apprentice with a doctor named Mr. or Dr. Tok, Tauk. Um, but his experience as a doctor, doctor gave him knowledge and access to books on different medicines and poisons. William didn't like working. He's like, nah, this ain't for me, bro. Nobody likes working, honey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? He had a reputation of being a wild young man with plenty of money to spend, and his parents never really, like, reined him in. Like, hey, stop doing that. Um, also, it wouldn't be his parents. It would be just his mother because his dad Oh, yeah, died. his dad died. And she's busy raising other children. So Yeah, she's got eight kids. Yeah. Go learn how to do shit yourself. Yeah, so William worked as a physician in some capacity throughout his adult life. He didn't always practice medicine full-time because he preferred the exciting pursuit of being betting on the turf. Do you know what that means? Is it horse racing? Yes, betting on horse racing. He frequented the local racetracks where he bet on racehorses. He quickly developed a gambling addiction, as one does. Speaking of gambling addictions, I know. I thought about it. What? I and I ha oh, sorry, go ahead. What? Oh, I was I thought you were going to ask about Vegas. No. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Vegas for a second. Speaking of gambling addictions. Those you know, you put the the dollar kiss dollar what is it slots and you just put the penny in and you're like ding and it's like such a thrill i was like i bet what no go ahead keep on going i bet there's an app like a game where you can play this but not bet real money and there is and it's the like the same game that i was playing in vegas it's like the same thing because you were having fun with the game itself yeah, I was having fun yeah. with the game itself, and I was like, whoa, like, it cures that, it, like, satisfies that, like, excitement of if, if you get something without paying money, which I think is so smart. But I think people play, people gamble because of money, not oh. for the game. <laughs> I just said they for playing the game. give a shit about the game. They just want the money. But I, was I having... can't go gambling. It stresses me out. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But I had so much fun playing the game. And sure, like, the excitement of, like, of getting, you know, winning money is super exciting. But I just think about, like, dang, I'm losing money here. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. But this this app, I was, like, so, like, I'll play it, like, on my lunch or if I'm just, like, when I was editing last week i just sat there and like played the game while i what was is the editing. game yeah it's what the is game, it man what is oh, it what's the game um the app has like a couple different games within it it's called jackpot oh um what is it? jackpot magic slots i'm 
It has like a couple different games in it, but the game that I was playing, the Buffalo one, is in there. Okay. But um, I also like I've won like uh like over three million tokens, and I was like, dang, I wish this is real money. <laughs> They do have ones that you can actually win money. Yeah. Uh, Chumba Casino. Oh, okay. What is it called? Chumba Casino. Oh. It's, it's, um, iHeartRadio has a commercial for it. Huh. Like they're all the podcasts that I listen to that iHeartRadio puts out. That's, that's one of their commercials. I always see the Monopoly and the bingo. Yeah. I see that one too. That's real money. Mm-hmm. The Monopoly one? I think so. That's what they advertise. <gasps> they A lot of uh, TikTokers advertise it. Oh, okay. Anyways, so back to back <laughs> his to gambling grind. problem. Yeah. So uh, he loved, he, he got this gambling problem. Throughout the 1840s and 50s, people associated with William Palmer began dying under. I'm sorry. Let me repeat that. Throughout the 1840s and 50s, people associated with Palmer began dying under mysterious circumstances. Um, one of the first deaths associated with William was the death of plumber George Apple. The two men met at the Lamb and Flag pub in the village of Little Stanfordshire. William challenged him to a drinking contest, but George drank so much that he had to be carried home where oh, he ended up passing away. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, according to local rumors, William was interested in George's wife, which could explain the potential motive to kill him. But William actually never ended up pursuing George's wife. So... He and, and he returned to his hometown to continue working as a doctor. In 1845, he met a young man, woman named Anne Thornton, who was in finishing school. Uh, Anne was a daughter of a retired army officer, and her mother was a housemaker. Um, they were never legally married. Her father died of suicide, and... Um, she, I'm sorry, died of suicide, and uh, she and Anne ended up inheriting his inn that he owned and his staff, which earned her around 250 pounds a year. Um, that's a little over $10,000 a year in today's money, which is not a lot of money. No, but, that's not. But, I mean, for not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Anne was... Uh, not old enough to run the inn when her father died and was taken to her, taken from her mother's custody to live with a guardian. I don't know under the circumstances for that. Okay. Um, and as a young adult, she was sent to finishing school. William Palmer was working as a physician assistant at the finishing school that Anne was going to school with. School at. They met before he had completed his training to become a doctor. Anne's guardian warned her against marrying him, but she so Anne refused his first pro pro proposal. Um, that didn't stop William, though. He continued to pursue her, and they eventually got married on October 7th, 1847, when Anne was just 19 years old. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> Within a year, William started borrowing money from Anne's mother. 
In January of 1849, William invited his mother to come stay at their house. During her visit, she became very sick and died on January 18th, 1847, at the age of 50 years old. Huh. Very strange. Very, very Hmm. strange. Very strange that someone with medical abilities has access to medicines and poisons. And And all these people keep on mysteriously dying around him. Hmm. Also, like, if she was sick, wouldn't you, like, think that he... Do you think he, like, tended to her? He would treat her? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. So, William... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, but it was also said that Anne's father died. When Anne's father died... I think I just accidentally skipped a spot. Okay. At the age of 15, 50 years old. But it was... It was also said that when Anne's father died, Mary inherited several of his properties from his estate. So William was like, all right, I'm about to get some money. But, and he was supposed to get about 12,000 pounds, but the trustees of Mary's instead decided to make quarterly payments to Anne. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So bummer for him. Sorry, not sorry. This also meant that he could not borrow from his mother-in-law anymore to fund his gambling problem, so he started borrowing money from a man named Leonard Blake. They met at the racetrack. Leonard lent William a large chunk of money and was staying at William and Anne's house, which I don't know why he was staying there. Because they had an inn? But it sounds like he had money, so... Yeah, And on May 10th, 1850, Leonard died unexpectedly at the age of 49. Um, William and Anne had five children, but only one lived past infancy. Oh, my gosh. William Boris. I know. I'm sorry. That's crazy. William Boris Palmer was born in 1849. He was the only child to live past childhood. And he ended up passing away at the age of 60 in 1926. Okay. Um, The rest of the children died in different mysterious ways. Elizabeth passed away on January 6th, 1851, when she was just two and a half years old. Jeremy died on January 6th, 1852. So one year later to the exact day. At the age of one month old. Uh, That year, William's uncle, Joseph Bentley, died on October 7th, 1952, when he was 62 years old. His death was not suspicious at the time, but it was later reexamined in light of the charges against William. Um, Frank, another one of William's babies, died on December 19th, 1852, just seven after seven hours after he was born oh my gosh and finally john died on january 27th 1854 four days after he was born so oh my goodness i don't know if it was because of the times you know but that's a lot of babies that's a lot of babies to die and then the ones to die at two like i mean maybe like they had illnesses Dang. I'm not sure. Yeah. And for um, someone, they're born with, like, a dad for a doctor. 
Yes. It's a little sus. sus. Um, It was said that in 1854, William was thousands of dollars in debt, so he started forging his mother's signatures to get secure loans. That year, he took a life insurance policy out on Anne for 13,000 pounds and paid just one premium. Uh, And shockingly, on September 29th, Anne became sick and died at the age of 27. What? Was not expecting that. Blew my mind. Bananas. (laughs) Now, it was thought that Anne died from cholera because in Britain it was there was the cholera pandemic happening that was totally going to be my guess yeah um but William used so so that's kind of like they assumed that's what it was William used the 13,000 pounds to pay off some of his debt around the time of his wife's death he started an affair with his housemaid Eliza Thornton, and on June 27th, 1855, she gave birth to their son, Alfred. Um, and that year, he still owed 20,000 pounds at a 60% interest rate, dude. Oh, my God. Holy crap. 20,000 pounds. With a 60% interest rate. Dude, in a day, you would be... Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, And mind you, his mother's forging... He's forging his mother's name on all these loans. So it's it's her credit. It's her name behind all of it. Earlier that year... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. How many pounds? 20,000 pounds. Oh shit! We don't know what twenty thousand is. I'm curious. Okay, I'm asking. I'm asking my husband because I don't know how to do any of that. I'm curious oh, at how much. Oh, you want me to do it? Oh yeah, do that. It's twenty five thousand. It's twenty five thousand three hundred thirty three, but twenty five thousand. So that is ten thousand dollars in just interest. That's wild. That is wild. That that makes me upset. Wait, thank God interest right? rates have got. I don't know. It's either ten thousand or fifteen thousand. I always forget which conversion I'm supposed to do. I'm thinking it's this fifteen. It's the fifteen thousand. For how long? Let's say 10 years. 
let's say four years. It, yeah, Google says it's 15000 Okay, okay. Damn. Yeah, so, yeah, so let's say he has, like, a, normally loans are, like, five-year loans. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, and that's a month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's $15,000 a month, bro. That's wild. That's... Hold on, I'm gonna t- That's insane. That is it. You like, dude, what are you doing? Clearly your mom's credit sucks. So in just one year, one year for just the interest, it's $180,000. Oh my God. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. That is, sorry. I just wanted to know because like that, that is an incredible. That is a that's, crazy interest rate. That's an insane. That's that's just for the interest. That's wild. On top of the twenty thousand, the twenty thousand dollars is like mute at that point. That's wild. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, sorry. <laughs> earlier that year, he took out a life insurance policy on his brother Walter for fourteen thousand pounds. Walter died on August sixth, eighteen fifty-five. Shockingly, hmm. wow! And the insurance company was like, "Huh, that's weird. You took an insurance policy, and then he just magically dies. Nah, this is sus. We aren't paying." And so. William was super upset about that because he literally just killed his brother for nothing. That um, and like, wouldn't an in, wouldn't an insurance like company be like questioning like, why are you taking one out on your brother? Yeah, like that's something that you do. Sorry, that's something like you do with like a spouse or something, right? Or, or, or like, like a, a, a child. parent or a chi- yeah, or a child, not a not a sibling. Like Alice has life insurance, but it's just it's five thousand dollars, and it's basically just to cover the funeral cost. Oh, I don't, I don't think we have that on our kids. It comes with the military. Oh, it does. Okay, I was like, oh god. But Is that now something I'm we cry. should have? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel icky knowing that I yeah. know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, William had several bills due and more coming up in early of 1856, so he started looking for different ways to pay off his debt. His brother's death just seemed convenient. Sources also reported that a former lover was blackmailing him around this time, and it doesn't say what it was about. It was just like kind of like a rumor. Um, so he was searching for a new source of funds and began targeting, just freaking be a doctor, dude. Like, yeah, doctors right? get paid you're, so much. <laughs> you're in a job that's, like, super needed, and you'll get paid. Promise. Very well. <laughs> so <Handsomely. he's> searching. <laughs> so he was searching for a new source of funds and began targeting a friend, John Parsons Cook. John was a gambler as well and loved the game so much that he actually made a career out of it after inheriting 12,000 pounds in property. So he bought a bunch of racehorses. 
William and John had known each other for a while. Back in 1853, Palmer William had a blue a bill due for 500 pounds. So he had he only had what? access Okay, come sit quietly. You can't talk. You cannot talk. Is it Charlotte? It's Natalie. <laughs> Gotta be quiet, okay? Be quiet. Do not talk. So, back in 1853, William had a bill due for 500 pounds. He only had 310 pounds at the time. And his creditor declined to give him the rest of the money unless he had a form of security. So William listed John as his security, and the creditor accepted it. Okay. Um, William received Stupid. the credit. Yeah, William received <laughs> the credit he needed to pay off the debt. But when it came time to pay back the credit, he couldn't pay. So John paid off the bill for him in August of 1853. So, okay, that's a good friend. I know, dude. Just that's wait. a really Cause... good friend. <laughs> so Palmer, so William did this a second time on a thousand pound credit. He needed a uh, he needed five hundred pounds security deposit for it. The creditor refused to advance the credit, but then William was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute! I don't need the money." John Cook needs the money. Does that help? And he has two racehorses. We can use a security deposit if we don't pay the thousand pounds back. And the creditor was like, oh, why don't you just say that in the beginning? Yeah, here you go. So he used the horse, the horses? Two horses to like as leverage. Okay, gotcha. So like putting like your house lead. up. Right. Yeah. So he forged John's signature, and obviously John never received the money. Of course. No, yeah. why would in, he? <laughs> in September 1855, William tried to take out a life insurance policy on a man named Bate. Um, Bate was once a wealthy man but had fallen into some troubles. So William and John both were pressuring Bates into agreeing to this policy, but ultimately the life insurance company was like, mm, no, why are you taking out a policy on this random guy? We don't like this. We're not accepting it, which was finally. Smart. Yeah. On November 9th, 1855, William's creditor issued a, a red which i don't know what that is and when i tried to google it i just kept getting like weird red thing like red companies i'm thinking it's like a like a red flag yeah like, like a notice like hey yeah. you have to pay this or we're going to seize your stuff um so they issued a red for eighteen thousand pounds and William knew he had to pay that 18,000 pounds within a few days or his mother was going to find out that he had been forging her signature. So what do you think he did to make a quick buck? 
He went to the slots, baby. Oh, I was going to say, who else did he kill? <laughs> um, he didn't go to the slots. He went to the racetrack. Right, um, right. John Cook also attended the race on November 13th, 1855. His horse, Polestar, won a race and John won 3,000 pounds. William did not bet on the same horse, and in fact, he had lost oh, a significant amount of money by betting Dude, on the wrong one. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> on the night John Cook won, he gave his friend Ismal Fisher between 700 and 800 pounds for safekeeping. I'm not sure why he gave his friend this money to hold on to, but he did. Um, and Ismal gave the money back to John in the morning. Okay. Um, but that 300 pounds went, or sorry, that, uh, 700 pounds went missing right after that. And no one knows where that money went. Okay. The next day, John hosted a celebration out of town to celebrate his winnings. John was sipping on some fine foreign wine to celebrate, but at some point in the night, he switched to brandy and water because that's his drink of choice. Of course, he was, he's rich. Yeah, with his 3,000 pounds. Yep. He was throwing back. This is John, by the way. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Not his that. friend. Yes. Yeah. So um, he was throwing back a glass when he complained that there was something in his drink that burnt his throat. That night, he became very sick and very ill. I guess that's the same thing. I don't know why I wrote that twice. <laughs> um, John was immediately suspicious of William. He, John told his friends George Herring and Ismal Fisher, I believe that damn Palmer had been do dosing me, which is crazy. And I think he suspected that. Because remember him and John, William and John were trying to take a life insurance policy out on their friend Bate. But yes. the insurance company was like, nah, nah. Yeah. So, but, yeah. I feel like he might know some things. Um, but despite his suspicion um, that William poisoned him, the two men returned to their towns. And just a couple days later, on November 15th, they continued their friendship. They got met for drinks on November 17th. And afterwards, John became ill again. Dude, John. Shocking. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, buddy. William, William's infant son, Alfred, also became sick. Because remember, he had that, that. With the, yeah. With the maid. Thornton. William, William's son, Alfred, became very sick and passed away the same day that John got sick. William was suspected of his murder, but was never prosecuted. Um, John continued displaying symptoms of a mysterious illness over the next few days, and William helped take care of him and even brought him things like coffee and broth. Why is this man in your house? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Like that, uh, what's her name? That one girl when her mom was making her sick and she was faking the girl who just got out of prison. Oh, uh, Gypsy Rose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
So on November 11th, William traveled to London to collect the remaining amount of John's winnings from that race. The payment was just over a thousand pounds. And mind you, John didn't know that William was doing this. William knew the amount he needed because uh, that needed to be collected because John's bet book, his betting book, was went missing right after John got sick. William was hoping that he could make a payment of the thousand pounds to his loans, which would like relieve some of the pressure from the lenders until January. On November 20th, William went to a chemist shop and purchased strychnine, which is a deadly poison. Um, the National Institute of Health describes strychnine as a hard-to-trace organic poison which is lethal in small doses and decompresses decomposes over time. Oh, okay. On the evening of the 20th, the doctor named Bamford visited John and he prescribed him two opiate pills. William took these pills and brought out different ones for John, which is super suspicious. On November 21st, about an hour after he took the pills given by William, John passed away. Oh, how... uh, (laughs) Leading up to his death, John was shrieking and tossing about in a fearful convulsions. William immediately wanted Dr. Bamford to label the death as apoplexy, apoplexy, apoplexy. Epilepsy, epilepsy, ap- epilepsy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but the doctor felt like further investigation was needed. On November 23rd, John's stepfather arrived to represent the family. He didn't trust William. He noticed that John's betting book and papers were missing, and a maid also informed him William gave John pills just before he died. She also mentioned that William brought over some broth, and when she stuck her finger in to taste it, she became sick as well. So she just, like, did a little dab and, like, got sick to her stomach. Oh. So. Good for her. Yeah. So when John's stepfather asked William about the betting book, he responded, it is of no use. A dead man's bets are void. John's stepfather requested a post-mortem examination, which took place on November 26th, and William was present during the exam. Of course, because he's a doctor. Oh, that could be it, because I was like, why are we letting this man in the exam room? Yeah, I would assume because he's a doctor, he could probably do that. Yeah, so the exam was conducted by medical students, student Charles Devonshire, and his assistant, Charles Newton, who was allegedly drunk during the procedure. Yeah, if they're students, they probably had to have someone shadow them. Or they were like, yeah, they're probably that practicing. <gasps> yeah. They were drunk. One was. One was. He probably encouraged it. He's probably. probably like, oh, yeah, He's have like, a shot. Hey, this is your first one. You want to take a shot in celebration? Oh, there's a liver. Have a shot of tequila. so when newton was removing john's stomach from his body william bumped into him which caused the contents of the stomach to spill onto the floor the remaining that you want to happen (sighs) that's the worst kind of bump 
Oh, that's just gross and grody. The <laughs> remaining stomach contents were put into a sealed jar. William was later suspected of cutting the seal and attempting to steal the contents. After the exam was complete, William sent a letter to the examiner asking him to have the report reflect that John died of natural causes and he put a 10-pound note in the envelope. So. Where do you get 10 pounds from? Huh? Where do you get 10 pounds from? Oh, because he's broke? Yeah. <laughs> well, he stole the money from John, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he's got a little bit of money. He put 10 pounds in there. He's like, hey, man. Here's a here's a link. This guy stresses please? me out. He is what is wrong with so many people. <laughs> like, <laughs> he all you're doing is tried... digging your hole deeper. Yeah. So he also tried to get the local postmaster, Chestire, to intercept the chemical report before it was sent to the coroner. And he did. But Chestire later went to prison for mail tampering. Good. The next major development in the case occurred when a chemist's assistant attempted, w admitted to selling strychnine poison to William. A police investigator search investigator searched William's house and found a medical book about poisons. The coroner inquest opened on November 29th, but no poison was found in John's body. But the coroner believed he was murdered based on all the ev other evidence. So I'm thinking that the poison fell out when he hit this. His stomach. Bumped into that guy. Right. Um, on December 15th, the jury determined that the deceased died of poison wilf willing willfully administered to him by William. He was quickly arrested and charged with murder. The remains of Anne and Walter Palmer were exhumed, but there was no evidence to charge him with their deaths. William, uh, that was Anne and her, his brother. Um, William Palmer's trial started on May 14th, 1856. He pleaded not guilty to the murder charge, and the attorney general spent four hours outlining the prosecution case. William Palmer was found guilty of murder on May 27, 1856. After an hour of deliberation, he was sentenced to death. That same day, he was executed, or he was sentenced to death that same day, and he was executed on June 14th. This man was executed within three weeks of being found guilty and sentenced to death. Oh some my gosh. family members, yeah, some family members, those who were left visited him in prison multiple times during those three weeks and they all asked him to be just be honest and confess and but he continued to claim his innocence the chaplain was one of the last people who spoke to william he asked william one last time to admit that his sentence was just william replied it is not a just sentence and the chaplain replied then your blood will be upon your head then William was led to the gallows. It was reported that he looked down at the trap door and asked the executor, is this safe? <laughs> just... No, it's not. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and over 33, over three, over 30,000 people witnessed the ex execution. Some of them waited all night in the, in the right to secure their spot. 
And even a crafter sold sections of William's noose as a souvenir. Dang. Nobody liked him. Nobody liked him. Damn. And that is William Palmer. Damn, that was good. He killed all those people and he did admit to one of them. Not one! You are gar- You're going to die anyway. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. <sighs> you're going to die anyway. Just drink the regular Coke over Diet Coke. Who cares? Exactly. Just do it. <laughs> that was a good one. It was fun. For sure. Let's see. What do you got for me? I want to hear a story. All right. Um, so I, too, have an old story. Um, Ooh. A little bit older than yours, but it's an old story. Um, so first, I would like to say, so I'm going to do a story on the Edinburgh Castle in Scotland. Um, oh. So this We're is supposedly overseas this year, this yes. week. This is supposedly Scotland's, like, most haunted place. Um, okay. And before I dive into the story... I want to mm-hmm. let you know that I just learned after pre- or almost finished while almost finishing the story. Cause like, I know that my sister-in-law has been to like Scotland and Ireland and stuff like that. And I texted her and I uh-huh. was like, Hey, I was like, have you ever been to Edinburgh castle? And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh. oh, no way. No shit. And she loves Harry Potter. And um, she told me that this is actually the birthplace, which I knew was somewhere over there, but I didn't realize it's in Edinburgh. Apparently, this is the birthplace of Harry Potter and the inspiration for, like, a lot of the scenes in the movie and the book and stuff that J.K. Rowling Whoa. got. Um, she also Three, told so me. Cool. She also told. She's so cool. She also told me that during her adventures there, she um, happily shared an entire pizza uh, with a homeless guy at 3 a.m. in the morning um, after like a drunken pub crawl. She's like, she talked with him for like an hour, and apparently the people there and just the place there is like really nice. So Aww, I guess I Edinburgh is really cool to go to. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, I was so happy to share my pizza. She was like, I was really, I was drunk. That's <laughs> <was> like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's beautiful. I was like, I'm going to tell that in my story. So there you go. (laughs) All right. So um, because it is such an old story, we're going back to like the 10th, 11th century. Like it is stupid old. Um, My stories and my history are kind of like everywhere. So just bear with me. Okay. Just warning ahead of time. So uh, sitting on Castle Rock. An extinct volcano in Edinburgh. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Scotland, in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, resides the Edinburgh Castle, uh, built sometime in the 11th century. On the and on the land itself, there hasn't been a determination on when exactly civilization civilization was settling here. But according to, I guess, a map found from the second century it shows that there was a territory named there called uh alana um or other otherwise known as rock place so like people were there around then the second century but not the actual castle um the castle has gone through its fair share of trauma uh it was it's been like attacked I don't believe at the website that I saw said 23 times, but I feel like it's probably been attacked more than 23 times for oh, wow, how long okay. it's been around. Yeah. 
Um, it holds the country's crown jewels. It served as a prison and barracks um, and protected royal families during times of unrest. It is known as the most besieged place in Britain. Um, in 1639, the castle was captured in just 30 minutes, taken by uh, Covenator uh, forces, Coventer, Coventer forces, mm-hmm. led by General Alexander Leslie. Um, okay. So it's always like under attack and trying to be taken. Fun Next. fact the Edinburgh Castle held the first ever fireworks display in Scotland in 1507 Ooh, cool. during a jousting tournament hosted by James the Sixth. Fourth. James Sorry. Sixth. Not the James not the sixth. Fourth. Okay. The castle was once home to Queen Margaret, later who was later made a saint until she passed in 10, oh, 1093. Sorry, these dates are like throwing me because I didn't know that people were alive then i do i did guys but like it's weird anyway 1093 like a, a thousand years no we're not a thousand years that's not a thousand. that's really embarrassing for you <laughs> <laughs> wait yes it is yes it is we're like a thousand years ahead of them Okay, less than a thousand years because that ten, a thousand years ago would have been ten twenty four. So yeah, so like you know, give or take a couple hundred, whatever, like nine hundred. I don't know. Time anyway, doesn't exist in my mind. We don't know math. Anyway, <laughs> so the chapel here was built in honor of. Uh, so back to Queen Margaret, the chapel here was built in honor. By her son, King David the First, and I guess it was built in honor of her. Um, this is Edinburgh's oldest building and called St. Margaret's Chapel and is still used today. So it was okay. named after her. The Great Hill, the Great Hall, which hosted many grand banquets and state events, was completed mm-hmm. in 1511 by King James the Fourth. About the above the palace are the initials MAH for Mary, Queen of Scots, and her second uh-huh. husband, Henry Stuart, Lord Darnley. Uh, Mary gave birth to James the Fourth in the royal palace, which in 1566, who became King of Scotland in just 13 months. Like he was 13 months old and he was already king. Whoa. Then, hang on a second. Oh, yeah, that's better. Okay, cool. I can read it now. I had to zoom in. Uh-oh. Okay. <sighs> Where was I? Mary gave birth to James the Fourth in the royal palace in 1566, who became King of Scotland at just 13 months old, then uniting the crowns of Scotland and England in 1603. So oh, I'm just naming, like, it... what? How does a king... He's so I, I assume that they just like, they're like, hey, you're going to be king, but you're not going to actually put the crown on until you're 18 or 21. I think it's 21. I think it's 21. That's what okay. happened in, in Frozen. Anyway, I'm just going off of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, coronation. The coronation. 
Uh, I'm just naming off big major things that have happened here. Like I said, my stuff is kind of everywhere. So okay. uh, the Edinburgh Castle grew into a significant military base. Defenses were changed and rebuilt over time. New gun batteries were put in. Uh, there's juries, battery, and barracks were put in, such as uh, the Queen Anne's building. Um, those barracks held 600 troops during the Napoleonic napoleonic wars with france and are still used today by military a lot of times they had a mascot which i thought was interesting typically the mascot was a dog and they even had a cemetery on the site for the dogs whenever they died um lastly as i said before the castle was also used as a prison slash holding place for prisoners of war between 1757 and 1814 hundreds of prisoners were held in the vaults here below crown square the castle was the most secure locked up place in scotland and crazy wow. enough in 1811 49 french prisoners attempted to dig their way out of the castle leaving a hole that you can still see today but only one got away um fun fact during world war ii the crown of scotland was hidden from the enemy in david's tower buried in a medieval latrine closet aka the toilet the toilet room the bathroom um that was smart a fair place a good place like no you don't want to go in there that guy just took a dump that stinks (laughs) We wouldn't uh, keep the crown in that place. No, it's gross. It's gross. Here today, the crown uh, jewels of Scotland, a.k.a. the honors, made of gold, silver, and precious gems. Uh, it, along with a sword, were created in Scotland and Italy during the reigns of James the Fourth and Fifth. The crown and sword were first used together for the coronation of a monarch in 1543 when Queen of Mary, Queen Mary of Scots, came into throne. Okay, sorry, my words are weird. I worded this really weird earlier. So, okay. the castle holds very special items such as the crown jewels Uh and also the sword that was made with it. And Uh also the stone of destiny, which is, what is this? What is the stone of destiny? You ask? Can I guess? Yes. It's not what you think, but go ahead. uh, Well, I think it's a sword and it's made out of stone. And that sword is what helped carve out Scotland's destiny. That is a great answer. It is a thousand percent wrong, though. Okay. So I was thinking like the sorcerer's stone type of thing, you know, kind of on the same lines. Like it has some kind of very important thing, like something big is going to happen. No, the stone of destiny is a giant rock. Like a giant slat of stone that they inaugurated monarchs on. That's it? Yep. It's got a really cool name, but like I saw, I, I was like, what is this Stone of Destiny? I Googled it and I'm like, wow, that was unimpressive. Yeah, I was not expecting that, sorry. but not like an exciting way. Why are you saying sorry? Because I keep messing with Teddy and he's getting mad at me. Oh, stop being mean to Teddy. 
I'm not he's being been through mean. a lot of I'm haunted just, like, places. petting him, but he doesn't want me to touch him, but he wants to touch me. He's been to a lot of haunted places. He's Theodore huh? Roosevelt's ghost <laughs> in him. You need to get him little round glasses. I have little round glasses. Oh, yeah, you do for the cats. You should put them on him. I'm going to. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway, <laughs> the Stone of Destiny is there on yeah. display. However, um, it will only be there until March 10th, which is actually next Sunday, um, March oh. 10th of 2024. I guess they're moving it. I don't know. But I was like, hey, that's like next week. So, yeah, well, next week for when this comes out. Anyway, that's crazy. Um, so that's um, a bit of, you know, knowledge on the place. And yeah. if I, you know, told some things wrong, then you know what? I don't care because um, I've got bourbon. So uh, let's so talk about some like paranormal. He, a lot, a lot of deaths probably happened there. Yeah, a lot of history, a lot of stuff thrown into it. I could not even cover a quarter of it. Probably there's a lot of shit. So there's a ton of legends here. Um, the castle does offer you with, um, they offer you, they just give you all these. Um, when you go to the castle, it is pretty typical to have a uh, ghost sighting. Um, people have seen figures, shadows, as well as hearing unexplained noises, whispers, feelings of someone behind you, possibly trying to grab you by the shoulder. I don't by know. the shoulder? Bottom shoulder, but I've got some really cool legends. So, okay. The first one is several hundred years ago, a network of tunnels was discovered at the castle along the Royal Mile towards Holy Road Palace. Okay. To determine where the tunnels led, a piper, like a like a bad piper um, yeah. was, was sent to. <laughs> I was totally playing a flute, not a you piper. <laughs> You can't see my lower hands. <laughs> um, so a bagpipe piper guy, whatever, was sent down there to determine, like, to explore them. Like, who better to send than a guy who plays an instrument? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, like. It makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea was that they, they would send him in and he would just play the bagpipes to like alert them where he was and at some point he stopped playing the bagpipes and they don't know what happened to him and then they just resealed the caves what yeah so he's gone <laughs> and supposedly what if he was tired <laughs> i know what if he just ran out of air He's like, I'm going to take like a couple minutes a break. break. <laughs> and they're like, we haven't heard him for like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. So let's see this tripped? up. Yeah. Yeah. What come on now. You're not going to send. Why don't you just send another bagpiper in there? <laughs> <laughs> what if his thing broke? What if the yeah. bagpipes broke and he was exactly. trying to make his way back? So many, so many explanations. Like you guys just left this dude hanging. This poor guy. <laughs> He's just here doing what he loves to do, playing the bagpipes, exploring some unknown cave, and then like, boom, he's gone, and everything. Why didn't just, we send y'all gave up on of, him so quickly? 
Yeah, they sent one guy down, Bree. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we send like multiple people? Yeah. And you know what? We could have also like done a string thing. Yes. You know, like yes. so many other ideas. <laughs> let's just follow so, the noise. <laughs> let's Yeah, and oh, okay. I'm so upset by this. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad for this guy. So apparently on it's it's said that on quiet days you can hear um the faint sound of bagpipes being played that's him he's like he's like i'm here i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) okay um another military ghost seen on the castle battlements is that of a headless drummer this guy was first seen drumming a warning signal in 1650 just before the castle was attacked by Oliver Cromwell. Ever since then, the headless drummer has been considered a harbinger of danger. So I guess like they're like if he's ever seen, they're like, oh crap, something bad's about to happen. Uh-huh. The gray lady. There's always a white lady or gray lady or some kind of some kind of lady that just sounds but never spooky. a black lady never a black lady wow <laughs> i'm glad you said that <laughs> y'all did them dirty anyway <laughs> um a mysterious lady dressed like a 16th century noblewoman who has been spotted around the older parts of the castle sometimes just wandering and other times weeping She is suspected to be either Janet Douglas or Lady Glamis, a woman accused of witchcraft by King James V. She probably did math. Who she probably tried to figure out his interest rate. Uh, so King James V was pissed off at her brother, so he took it out on her, even oh, though boy. everyone, and he accused her of, a, of being a witch, even though everyone was like, no, bro, she ain't no witch. She's just she really no good at math. So <laughs> even though. She even, just knows how to write. <laughs> she just knows how. She, her, her, she just had high waters today. <laughs> <laughs> So she was burned at the stake outside the castle on July 17th in front of her son in 1537. (gasps) Um, Others believe that she could possibly be Marie de Geis, the Catholic mother of Regent of Regent of Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary Uh de Geis found herself on the losing side of the Scottish Reformation when she died in June of 1560, her corpse was kept at the castle for months. I'm not sure why wrapped in cloth and kept in a lead coffin to keep the smell at bay. Finally, she was found by the French I'm guessing, and her remains were shipped back home. So like, I guess she was just like on the wrong side and she just probably got hurt in battle and yeah, they kept her body creepy. Yeah. At the foot of the castle sits the Ramsey Gardens, built in the 1890s and have been home to many notable people over the years, some of unknown origin. One of these unidentified residents appears out of place and his outfit predates the modern setting by about 100 years. He has evidently been seen struggling and dragging a huge wooden chest behind him. That sucks. 
even in the afterlife you're having to do like manual heavy ass labor labor like come on man just do you think it's any lighter the chest no yeah maybe i don't know it's air so you know i don't know (laughs) it's what it's whatever you think man it's whatever you think man you dream it believe it (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay um so there have also been reports of a ghostly man who smells distinctly of manure. Oh, this one's my favorite. And tries like to that. push visitors over the castle's battlements. Like, not only do you smell like shit, but you're trying to, you're acting like shit. You're trying to push people over the battlements. So according to the story, he was one of the most poor souls imprisoned in the castle's dark, damp, rat-infested dungeons. This one's really Ew. bad. Desperate to escape. He crawled into a wheelbarrow full of muck, hoping to be taken out of the castle and emptied onto a nice soft dung heap. But Uh the wheelbarrow was taken out and tipped over the battlements instead, and the poor man broke his neck on the jagged slopes of the (gasps) castle's rock. So he's just basically thrown over a cliff. Oh my gosh. Oh, he tried so hard. The poor he guy. He tried so hard. <laughs> what, can, what's a battlements? I'm guessing the at the like the um like the ed, like the edge of the castle, I would assume. Like, oh, okay. Or like yeah. um like a barrier. Okay. Uh, so, uh, a prisoner in 18 or 1681, we're not in the 1800s. What am I kidding? It's like super what modern. Kidding? What are you kidding? A prisoner in 1681, Archibald Campbell, the ninth or Earl of Argyll was imprisoned in the castle for the crime of refusing to sub- subscribe to the test act. He sneakingly had his daughter, Lady Sophia Lindsay, bring a servant with bandages all over his face and head and switch places with him. Oh, my gosh. Very sneaky. (laughs) They left. They escaped. But after four years, he was found recaptured and sentenced to be beheaded. Earl's ghost is said to be seen regularly within the tower, pacing back and forth in the room that he spent his last night in. Oh, Man, you should have, you know, gone with the law, agreed with it. Yeah, what? We don't all like the laws. We just got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. In 2003, yes, this is 2003, some construction workers doing work at the castle were allegedly harassed in the castle's dungeons by unseen forces. Okay. That's what I got on that one. Um, So to end the paranormal, um, also, there have been sightings of black hounds on the site around where the dog cemetery is. Often visitors <gasps> believe that they are real, live dogs. They, like, wag their tails and, you know, act like normal dogs and whatnot. <laughs> They're just, like, normal little puppies. I know. <laughs> when I saw Teddy, I was like, oh, he fits for my story. <laughs> He's a little black little hound. So as of today, uh, the Edinburgh Castle is open for daily historic tours as well as paranormal. Um, The 
tours cover a lot of ground at the castle. It's pretty big, including the battlegrounds outside, the great hall, the chapel, the room uh, with all the artifacts and more. If you do decide to go check it out, I have read in many places online to book ahead of time because it fills up quick. Um, oh. Yeah, that was the castle of Edinburgh. That one was in fun. Scotland. Yeah, I thought so too. I love legends. Me too. They're fun. I love it. I right. also love the movie I Am Legend. Sorry. Anyway. That is a good movie. I haven't watched that movie. I don't really care for Will Smith anymore, so I kind of don't want to watch it. Yeah, I know. He's, he just leaves a different taste in your mouth. Yeah. Okay, so this neighborhood story is from Reddit, and it says, My dad tells me a story of when he was stationed on the East Coast before I was born. An idiot jerk he knew let his valuable show-quality German shepherds act however they pleased, including chasing neighborhood cats. They never were on a leash, of course. I don't know if this... I don't know if, in this case, the cat owner was dad or a friend of his. He told it both ways, but one of those cats was a full-grown but still small Manx cat. One day, the cat had enough and jumped on the shepherd's back, hung on, its, hung on with its front paws, and beat the absolute crap out of the <sighs> dog with its hind legs with claws. <gasps> Because those dogs freaking yeah. were attacking the cats yeah. all the time. This, of course, destroyed the show quality part of the dog. Sorry. The dog owner took the cat owner to small claims court. The judge was not sympathetic, pointing out the troubles the dog has already caused and that the area had leash laws. Never mm -hmm. mind the dog starting the facade. The dog owner had to pay the cat owner's court there was also a bit of dis disbelief that a cat that small had beaten up a dog that size both animals were in the courtroom the dog because the owner was showing off the damage done and shocker the dog was on a leash and the cat for reasons dad didn't say safely secured in a cat carrier <laughs> man leash up your dogs that would I be Tony. It. Like, oh, yeah, right? He would kick someone's ass. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Like, I mean, we didn't have a fence in, in Alaska or anything like that. But, like, our yeah. dogs were, like, I know Dakota would occasionally wander. But it wasn't for that long. And yeah. I would call her in. But, like, here, there's two dogs in this neighborhood. And, yeah, I'm calling you out. One of them is a wiener dog, and one of them is a pit bull mix. And they just go about, they must be from the same home, but they always wander about and go in everybody's yard, do whatever they want. They make my doorbell camera go off all the time, and it's really annoying. <sighs> They're nice. It's just like, go. Because yeah, I don't have a fence here either, and I don't want my dogs chasing after you. Yes, exactly. And it's it's different if your dogs come, they recall. Like, your dogs yeah. are really good at recalling. Yeah. But some dogs aren't. And clearly, these dogs weren't, could do whatever they wanted. Anyways. Get my cat out and scratch him. I'll send Meow. Tony over. Come on, Tony. What are, like, an <laughs> Italian fight name, too? Hey, yo, Tony from yeah. the Bronx hey, yo, is Tony. coming. 
<laughs> hey, yo, give Tony a call. He'll take care of him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tony, yo, my name is Tony Anthony Stark. Tony Anthony Stark. <laughs> That's his full name. I love it. I love his full name. <laughs> um. <sighs> anyway. Um. Okay. Um. We're going to get. Yeah, we're gonna get. So, get have you checked get in on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bree and Amy, Bree and Amy out, out. Psh, psh. One day we'll get. Say hi to your cats for us. On track. Yeah. Don't get dead. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Another one. You are such a loud eater. <laughs> He's like, why are you putting this microphone in front of my face? I'm trying to eat. It's like Natalie yesterday when she was chewing gum. She said, I said, Natalie, is that gum good? She said, Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear back on that. <laughs> uh, I miss you, buddy. I, I miss gotta you go too. take a shower and do my laundry. I gotta go unpack more. Have fun in your shower. Okay. Go wash your hair. Condition You're it. Oh, okay. I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Goodbye. Thank 